Well, we're looking at a new series. New year, new series, right? That's the way it, it, it works out. What do you really, really want? Right, and, and an, an, an unfortunate attitude that develops around this time of year, we all know it, we all saw it in our little kids. We all thought it would go away when we became adults, and lo and behold, it didn't. Right? Around this season, there tends to develop a certain attitude, right, with Christmas and then, and then New Year's Eve right around the corner. Um, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. <laughs> that, that just kind of says the, the general feeling everywhere, and everyone's really trying to be happy because they're going to get what they want. Maybe, you know, if the person that, that they're going to receive a gift from uh, loves them or not, right, is... Uh, so during this time of season, we want, we want, and what we get, sometimes there's a little discrepancy, there's disparity, and, and they don't connect up, and we, we, at the end of the whole season, we think, why didn't I get what I wanted? Why didn't I get what I wanted? I told a story on New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve, make that, and so then I go home to have dinner with my daughter and son-in-law and his parents and my mom, and we're all sitting around, and what the story I told came up about the slot track that me and my little brother got for Christmas when we were, I don't know, fourth or fifth grade. And then I said that it fell apart by noon and we got a couple of leather belts. Everyone around the table, I don't know if you thought this, my dad didn't spank us with leather belts, okay? That, that's not what I was driving on. He took us to Sears and got us new Christmas presents, which were leather belts. Okay, just make sure, every, you know, and I, I, they're telling me, oh, no, we thought your dad beat you. And I'm like, my whole church thought my dad beats me. No, no. So that the first thing I wanted to clear up before anything else is I want you to understand my dad didn't beat me. He was a really good dad. So, <laughs> all right, clear all that up. So here's the question that's going to dog us for our entire series. What is it that you want? Right? What, what do you want? In life, I mean, we, we go through life, that, that kind of drives everything that we do. We, we want to eat, we want to sleep, we, we want love, we want relationships. We, we want, we as human beings, that's just a natural part of, of who we are. We, we, do, we have desires. We, we, we just have a, a lot of desires. And here's what most people figure out, and this is what I'm figuring out the older I get. Um, I want a whole lot less what's. As in, like, tangible items that you can put your hands on. Um, I, I don't know how it happened, but Christmas and birthday rolls around, and Diane says, well, what do you want me and the girls to get you? And more and more, in all honesty, it's like, I, I don't need any things. Right? The things that I want now that I'm a little bit older seem to be not tangible, the intangibles. I want, I want love, and I want my, my granddaughters to be healthy, and I want... You know, a, a beautiful relationship between my daughter and her, her, and her husband, and, and I want our relationship to grow deeper and deeper. And all these things, they're, they're no longer items, right? When I was young, I thought the items were going to give me joy. Um, but as I grew older, maybe you found this out, it's the people in your life that really bring you joy. Maybe, maybe it's not even a person. Maybe it's just you figured out a way to get into a certain frame of mind. Right? And, I don't know, and it didn't even have to be any people on this earth. And you just, you just figured out a way to find peace in your life. And, that, and that's, that's what you're, you're searching for. But the bottom line, the older I get, the less things that I want. But that doesn't mean that my wants haven't lessened. <laughs> I still want a lot of things. I still want a lot, but not so much things. That makes sense, right? Maybe some of you can agree with that. It's not so much things, but there's still things that we, we want throughout our life. And it always changes. When you're little, it's certain things. You become a teenager, it's certain things, a little bit older. And the older you get, the items that you think will bring you joy and that you believe that you really, really want, they, they change. 
And I think they change because of experience. We find out the certain things that we got there, they really didn't deliver, right? So um, we're going to be looking at this question, what do you want? And I, I want to warn you, it's a very, very tricky question. All right, there's, there's a lot of involved in this question, uh, and what appears to be such a simple, simple question. We asked Georgie, see, she hasn't figured this all out yet. Um, she's three years old, and she said, well, what do you want for Christmas? All she's figured out is she wants presents. I thought, well, that's brilliant. She's not got, she hasn't locked on onto things. She just thinks a wrapped up box is going to, maybe that's not the best thing. But that's all she cared about is that she had a bunch of wrapped boxes on Christmas morning. Um, now, first of all, uh, this is a tricky question because um, here's an answer that probably when, when I started asking you, what do you want? You probably didn't go here because you're good people. But this is the truth, Right. We want our way. I mean, if you're really honest, that's what you want. You, you want your way. You want your way. Um, and we learn and we eventually learn, or at least you're trying, to, you're trying to teach your little ones. And some of you are now trying to teach your preteens and your teenagers. Some of you are still trying to teach your husband, you know, whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> as long as you insist on having your way, you probably won't get what you really want. And here's, here's why. When we get our way, we often get in our way. Maybe you've done this. You've wanted something so bad, and it actually resulted not getting what you wanted, right? You bribed, and you pushed, and, and you won the argument, but you lost a friend. Right? You got what you wanted, but you really didn't get what you really really wanted. Maybe you pushed and you shoved and you, and you got that corner office with the incredible view. And then <laughs> this kind of happened to me. I'm not going to go into detail, but uh, you find out that your office is right next to the elevator and the restrooms and the office view with the big view window. They built a gigantic building the very next year. And there goes your view. What you wanted isn't necessarily what you wanted, right? Because you really maybe didn't think it through. You didn't think of the consequences. You didn't think long-term. You just thought right now, I want this. I want this right now. You bullied your way into what you got. You got what you wanted. And now you're not happy. Here's the second reason our question is so tricky. Um, we want to do what we want to do. And again, you didn't probably think of this when, you, when I said, what do you want? You probably thought of things. But more than likely, underneath those things, whether it's an item, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a state of mind, um, basically, it's not the thing that you want. It's you want to do what you want. And that kind of flows into the things that you want. I want to do what I want to do, and I want that, and so I'm going to get that. Right? We want to do what we want to do. Um, and then we always, we always, always do what we want to do. You may end up where you don't want to be. Kind of a long-term, short-term kind of idea here if you're not catching wind of that. And um, my kids, maybe your kids have asked this question and I heard a brilliant, brilliant response to this question. Um, do I have to? Right? Because you're trying to teach your kids this, you know, all the things that you want, Junior, are not what you really, really want, and do you really want that, and, 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 but I need you to do this, and I need you to do that, and, and the kid always responds, do I have to? Can you raise your hand if your kids ever said that? Do I have to? Sylvia, come on, all the girls, everyone on that row, let's go. Do I have to? Over and over and over again. Here's a really great answer. I heard this from a pastor. He says, no, you don't have to. This is what he figured out to tell his kids. No, you don't have to. Nobody eventually, once you reach yeah, about right in here, nobody can make you do what you don't want to do. 
I mean, that's a fact. The little kids, we can still scare them. We can still force them. We can, right? But at a certain age, you're going to have to be honest with your kids. You're going to be able to do, you can do whatever you want. Nobody can make you do anything. The only thing, and this is crucial here, the only thing that I or anyone else can do is stop you from doing what you want to do. Okay, that's called prison. Right? And it's a great conversation to have with your kids, right? There are a lot of people in prison who did just what they wanted to do, and we locked them up to stop them from doing what, just what they wanted to do again. So what you want to do right now isn't necessarily a good thing. You're just feeling, you got the emotions going, and, but think down the road. Think, think down the road. Reasons for prisons. Here's the point. If you only do what you want to do, you probably won't get what you want to get, right? Bottom line. Here's another reason the question is so tricky. We want perpetual pleasure. Now, I thought about this word a lot. Did I really want to use the word pleasure? Because automatically, everybody's mind goes to what? Binging on Netflix, right? I heard you over there. <laughs> I didn't mean to catch anybody. I was going to say it really fast, so nobody said, sex! Killing me. Just killing me. But the fact of the matter is, and we all know this, that the older we get, there are other pleasures other than sex. When we're young, we think that's going to be the ultimate, but we find out very quickly, there's a whole lot of amazing things in this world. Things that we just do every day. We, we, we read, we, there's sports, there's hobbies, there's activities, there's, there's all sorts of things that we do and we love and we derive a lot of pleasure from them. But here's the problem, here's the challenge. And it's a fairly simple challenge and every, every addict knows this, they understand this. Pleasure for pleasure's sake is addictive. Pleasure for addic uh, pleasure's sake is addictive, which undermines the pleasure, which isn't what we want. So we want to get something that feels good, but, but lo and behold, and we've all experienced this, after a certain amount of times, the original pleasure has dropped off. Right? That, that Krispy Kreme donut, man, it just didn't taste the way it tasted that first morning when I first had it. And now that I'm my third one, I think I'm going to vomit, right? I, well, ah. You can get so much of a good thing, even a legal thing, even a legal thing, and it begins to lose its pleasure. And eventually, and again, a lot of people have found this out, unfortunately, it begins to control you. What you thought was a, was a way to joy, was, a, was a, a pastime of yours, becomes a, actually a pathway to an addiction. Um, and what you sought to bring you pleasure now owns you. And you wish you had never gotten the what that you had wanted. Anybody ever been in that stage where you think back and that first time you did whatever it was, you think, I can handle this, sounds fun, and it was fun. That's why you did it again. And then you did it again. Um, and now you can't, you, you can't stop. You just can't stop. And you wish you had never, ever started. People told you, oh, it's a slippery slope. If you start, you, nah, I'm strong. I, I can handle this. I think uh, everybody could raise their hand on that one. And then there's this to further complicate our original question. What we want, we want now, right? We want it now. We want our way and we want it now. And we all know by experience that what we want right now isn't always what we want later, right? Have you ever done that? What you got right now stopped you from getting what you ultimately wanted because you really didn't think through what you really, really, really wanted. I mean, this is what high school reunions are for, right? 
Thank God for unanswered prayers, right? You thought you wanted her, and then you went to the high school reunion, and you saw her, and you go, oh, Father God, thank you that I found Diane. <laughs> you know, not that she's, like, looking all, but, like, she could be a mean or, you know, you know whatever. Don't, you know, don't, don't go mean on me here. Uh, high school reunions teach us that what we want right now isn't always what we want later. She didn't turn out. He didn't turn out to be all that, right? He was the star, but wow, how far that star has fallen um, here's something we all eventually learn about later. As opposed to now, later is really long. <laughs> later is a really long, now is like here and gone. But the things that you do for later, right? They're around for a long time, right? <laughs> I just had to have it. I just had to have him. I just had to have her now. And now you're stuck with him or her, <laughs> Till death do you part. And that's a long time, right? Momentary pleasure, and now you're kind of stuck in later land. And later land just goes on and on and on and on. And so what do you want? Tricky question. What we want today gets in the way of what we really want later. What we bought on the credit card probably isn't even what you're wearing right now. It already passed. You had to return it several times because it was the wrong size. It looked great online. It's the wrong color. And you finally get it and you get your credit card bill and you don't even like it anymore because so much time has passed and fashion is very, very fickle. And finally, there's this idea of regret. Regret. And here's the truth. Again, look at your own life. Your regrets more than likely started with an I want. Just think about the regrets that you have in your life. More than likely, if you go way back to the beginning, the genesis, the origin, it all started with, I want it, and I want it now. I want it now. And you got so, like it became the most important, and everything else just kind of faded away from in your mind. It just kind of all went dark, but what you wanted, and it started to glow. Oh, right? And you're just like, God's behind this, because it's glowing. So this must be... A blessing, and then your garage, what, fills up with what? Anybody got a garage full of blessings? <laughs> craziest, craziest thing. I want it now. No planning, no thought of consequences. Here's the problem. Regret begins with I want, but it ends with I want to go back and not get what I wanted. Right? That's regret. That's regret. I want to go back and not get what I wanted. I wish I could go back and not hung out with that group of friends. Because you know what happened. I wish I could go back and not sought after and chased after that one career because look where it, it got me. I wish I could go back and not say I do. Maybe some of you are at that point. I wish I could go back and, right? But that's not going to happen unless you got a DeLorean and you believe in time travel. Some of you went right over you. All right. I had what I wanted, but it's not really... What I really, really wanted, and, and that's regret. Regret is getting what you wanted, but not wanting what you got. Anybody have any regrets in your life? You wanted it, you got it, and now you really don't want it. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's the elimination of options, regret. Not being able to go back and get what you want because you got what you wanted. I want to spend just a few moments in prayer. I haven't looked at scripture yet. If you're new with us this morning, it's kind of what I like to do. Kind of introduce an idea. Let your juices start flowing. Let the Holy Spirit start convicting you. Because I hate being the one that has to do that. Right? So I love the Holy Spirit for doing that. 
And I'm going to dig into some scripture when we come back. We're going to sing a couple songs. We're going to have a time of prayer. Um, but I would like you to do, I want to direct your prayer just a little bit. A lot of you, more than likely, there are two groups of people in this room. One group of people, and maybe this is not everybody, but I'm guessing it's a fat chunk of you. You have regrets. You have regrets in your life. And this, this, this time of prayer, I want you to seek something very specific. I want you to um, pray that, that God would give you ears to hear. Now, that sounds really, really strange, ears to hear. But in the Hebrew thought, um, to hear or to remember means that you're going to do something about what you heard. The Israelites weren't very good. They would hear, they would listen, but they didn't hear, which literally meant they would listen, but they wouldn't do. Right? So I, my prayer for you this morning is by the power of the Holy Spirit is that you have ears to hear. Not just listen to what God's Spirit is going to say through Scripture, um, but do what God's Spirit says through Scripture. Right? So that, that's one group of people. And another group of people here, you're at an age stage in life, and you're like, wow, I don't have any regrets yet. I don't know how you did it, but blessings on you. Um, you have no regrets, and you're thinking, I don't want to have any regrets. I know a lot of people with regrets, and I really would like to skip the whole regrets part of life. Here's my prayer for you, and, and pray along with it, that you would have ears to hear. Because the scripture we're going to look at this morning is going to help you avoid regrets. But you can't just listen to it. You've got to actually put it into play. You've actually got to do what scripture is going to ask us to do this morning. So both groups of people, ears to hear, and then power and guidance by the Holy Spirit. So if you bow your heads for just a moment here, I, again, our musicians are going to be coming back up here, and we're going to continue to sing praise and worship songs. Um, and then I'm going to come back, and we're just going to bust open God's Word and, and see what his, his point of view on, on all this, these wants are. Um, Father God, again, thank you so much for, for being here. Thank you for Richland Church of the Nazarene. Thank you for the fact that you're here because of all these believers. You don't hang out here when we all go home. You go with us. And so, Father, we're here this morning, so you're here with us. We want to recognize that, and we want to thank you from the depths of our heart because this is this life this whole thing we could not do alone we desperately need your help and father as we as we run through in our minds all the things that maybe we've wanted and got and now regret or maybe we want and we're thinking maybe that will turn into a regret Father, by the power of your spirit, would you just maybe clarify some things for some people in this room? Clarify what's important. Not a whole list of things, but Lord, just go ahead and help them prioritize what's most important. Among the list of the wants and desires that we all have, and you gave us these wants and desires, they, they move us forward. So Father, we're, we're thankful for that, but we also know for a fact that Satan has a way of getting in between you and us and just messing things up. So Father, this morning, we, we, we bind the evil one. We, we claim your power that ears in this place would be able to listen and hear and do. And that no doubts would enter our minds, no fears, that that would all be driven out this morning as we face really difficult questions about what we see our future looking like and what we pray about. So crucial. So, Father, for every person in this room, deliver your spirit. Flood this place with the power of your spirit. Fill us up with your spirit so that we can have clarity. Again, there's so many things that we truly believe are good and they're wonderful and they're beautiful, but they might not ultimately be what you want, Father, because we're counting on our own wisdom, our own knowledge, but we need your wisdom. So, Father, this morning, as we're just kind of brutally honest with ourselves, would we 
present you with our wishes and our desires and our wants. Let you go through them and let you point out, hey, this, this isn't what you want or need. Um, have the courage to stop asking for it. So Father, again, this morning, as we, as we dig into this topic, um, we seek the power of your spirit. We seek the truth and the comfort and the guidance and the conviction that your Holy Spirit gives us. So Father, receive our blessing this morning. Receive our songs of praise. Hear our prayers. Not just listen, but, but hear our prayers. Lord, that our prayers would be something that you want to see happen and not just us. That you would celebrate that we're asking for what you want to see. What an amazing place to be. So, Father, as we continue to worship you and worship your son and, and just out of an overflowing heart, we give you everything here this morning. And we're going to try not to take it back tomorrow morning. Father, thank you. Your son's name I pray. Amen. So I want, I want. So what do you want? Very quick review. In case you fell asleep in the last three minutes and forgot what I was talking about. If we always get our way, we can lose our way. Why? Because if we always do what we want to do, we end up where we don't want to be. Right? And of course, what we want now may get in the way of what we want later. And later is a really, really, really long time. So think about what you want. What you really, really, really want. C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The Great Divorce. Strange title, I know. Uh, it was in response to another book about a uh, paradise lost or something like that, and, and it wasn't that John, John Milton, but um, C.S. Lewis kind of wrote a response to the great divorce. Um, and in it, he describes hell. It, 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 and again, the, the C.S. Lewis wasn't raised a Christian. He was actually raised, he was an uh, atheist. He didn't believe in God at all. He began to study, and he discovered Christ. He discovered the truth of the scripture. So he comes at... A lot of the doctrines of the Bible, um, without a lot of the assumptions that we all make, who we, we all grew up in church and we all develop certain um, pictures in our heads based on not just scripture, um, but people's opinions, what the, what the media says, uh, what the Middle Ages, you know, all of you went home and read Dante's Inferno, so you know, you, you got all that kind of in your head. This is what heaven and hell and all the doctrines look like. Um, but C.S. Lewis is kind of fun to listen to it and, and, and read his writings because he doesn't have any of that baggage. He, he arrives at scripture as an adult, as a, as a reasoning, thinking, really, really, really smart adult. And, and that's why his books are so great to read. And most of them are really, really thin, but they take you a little while because man, they're just so packed with good stuff. So anyway, in this book, The Great Divorce, he describes hell. And hell is this place where you get whatever you want. Now, most people say right away, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you, Pastor Jerry, read your notes carefully. That's heaven. Right, where you get everything that you want. But C.S. Lewis thought it, thought it through, right? And he said, no, no, when you get what you want, that's hell. When you get what God wants, <laughs> that's heaven. But when we all get what we want, that's hell. And, and he describes hell as a place where everybody kind of has a home and, and you don't need anybody, right? Because all you do is, in, in, in his hell, you think it, you get it, whatever you want. You just think it and you get it. Like, wow, most, whoa, I want to go there. No, no, you don't. Because here's what happens in hell. 
because every person gets what they want, because every person doesn't need anybody else, because every person does things that they love to do, nobody wants to live near anybody else. So you have this world where there's only one occupied house on each block. And it just, and gray towns called gray, and it just goes on forever. Nobody lives near anybody. It's like a half-populated kind of a ghost town where nobody lives near anybody else. You're the only living person on your block. Just a bunch of empty houses and you getting just what you want. But more often than not, it's not what anybody else wants. And so everybody moves further and further and further away from each other because you don't need each other. So what a, what a strange place. What a, what a crazy, crazy place. Everybody just irritates the heck out of everybody else. Um, God's Word has some thoughts on this subject, and we're going to read from the book of James. Now, James is a really cool book because this is Jesus' brother. Right? This isn't written by somebody who got to know Jesus later in his life when he started preaching the three, three some odd years that he was a minister. This is a guy who grew up with Jesus. Right? Wouldn't you love to have your brother or your sister explaining your life to people? I would say no, because I wasn't very nice to my little brother. Right? And I don't know if Jesus were real nice. I imagine Jesus was really nice to his brother James. But here's the weird thing about James. James didn't believe in Jesus' message. He thought James, James thought Jesus was kind of nuts. Right? Until when? Until his brother is resurrected from the dead. James is like, up. Oh, <laughs> game over. I was wrong all along. My apologies. And we even have a letter that he wrote because he becomes one of the leaders of the Jerusalem church. Once he sees the risen Christ, all bets are off. James becomes a follower. In fact, he becomes known as Old Camel Knees. Right, because he spent so much time on his knees praying, his knees were just gnarled and uh, camel knees. So his own brother, latecomer to the Jesus's message, um, <laughs> reason enough to read his letters because this is Jesus's brother, right? They knew each other as little, right? Okay, so James chapter four, verse one, it says this. And James is going to kind of hit at the same topic that we're hitting on, but he's going to ask a different question, right? But the answer is going to dovetail right into our discussion. The question he asks is, what causes fights and quarrels among you, right? What is the source of all your fights and, where, and all your quarrels? Where does it really start? And his answer is kind of where we arrived at. The answer is whatever it is that you want, that's what causes all your problems. And when you can't get what you want, it spills out and hurts people around you. This is what he says. Verse one continues. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? And we know from experience that within us, there's a battle going on. Uh, what we know, and, and usually we picture it as a little angel and a little devil, right? Kind of our conscious telling us two different things. And, and we, this battle is going on within us. And, and maybe more than likely, it's a battle not only within you, but it's a battle with your spouse. It's a battle with your kids. It's a battle with your boss. It's a battle with your employees. It's a battle with all of your relationships all around you. The battle starts with each of you wanting. And it's not what the other person wants. You have a battle. You have a conflict. You've, you've all seen this. You've seen it in the home. You've seen it in the workplace. You've seen it on the playground. You've seen it on TV watching sports, right? One person wanted something, but the other person, that's not what they wanted. Boom, we got conflict, right? This is just kind of an exercise that you might want to do. I don't know if the other person will do it too. It would be really, very, very strange and beautiful if they did. But sometimes we just need to kind of go like this. Um, here's my problem. Here's my problem. I'm not getting what I want. 
Now, what would the other person do at that point? <laughs> they, they, I would hope they would kind of stop and be honest and well, I guess I'm kind of mad because I'm not getting what I want. Try that. The next argument you have, I'm not happy and I'm not getting what I want because I'm not getting what I want. And you end up pointing, pointing at yourself because this is where all the problems arise. You have your opinions. I know you deserve this. You deserve that. Bottom line, though, it's not a matter of two different opinions. It's a matter of they're wrong and I'm right and I want my way. Boom. That, I mean, that's it. That's, that's the gist of all of it. That, that's, that's the start of all of it. A war of want battling within us. But Pastor Jerry, I deserve it. Yeah, well, maybe so, but you still want it because you think you deserve it. It's all wants. And again, <laughs> Georgie and Simi, my granddaughters. Georgie's a little over three. Simi's about one and a half. Um, Christmas morning is wearing on, and they both got... <laughs> Buku presents. Simi's at that age where she doesn't understand there are certain things that are hers. No, 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 I'll change that. She understands certain things are hers and, and well, everything in the room is hers, right? She got that mine, 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 mine really early. I don't know where she got it, but she's got it and she's got it bad. So Georgie, bless her heart, she would pick up something that was hers, right? And Georgie, mine, 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 and she'd grab it and Georgie was so patient. And I would sit there and watch and mom and dad are doing what, you know, and I'm watching, I'm like, Georgie, you're, oh, Georgie, you are so loving. Oh, Georgie. But Georgie has a limit. <laughs> Some of you know, you reach that limit. You're like, oh, I'm so patient. <laughs> and then it erupts and Georgie erupts. And where she end up? She ends up in her room. And I remember I'm sitting there thinking, it wasn't her fault. She was so kind and she was so patient and full of grace and, and she just, she, she hit her limit. She hit her limit and she went ballistic and, and she does, she goes ballistic. So many of us can hide it for a while, but it will spill out. James continues, verse two, it says, you desire, but do not have, so you kill. And a lot of you have already, you just now checked out, well, I haven't committed murder, so this passage isn't about me. But how many different ways do we kill? I mean, we, I mean, we, we got to go there, right? Have you ever seen somebody kill a career with poor choices? Have you ever seen somebody kill their family? Maybe even kill their marriage because they loved it to death. They demanded so much out of that marriage and there were so many expectations that they loved their marriage to death, right? They killed it. Opportunities, careers, people kill these things all the time with a series of really, really, really poor choices. James is saying, if we don't get a grip on our wants and desires, there's a whole lot of death going to happen. Things all around you will die. If you don't get a grip, if we don't get a grip on what we want and what we desire, we will get it, but we will lose everything else. Everything else will die. James continues the rest of verse 2. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. I want to look at that word covet. A little bit of confusing word. It's not just wanting, okay? It's desiring something so badly that you harangue and you pursue and you, you bug and, and you, you threaten and you, you just chase without pausing, right? You, you, your whole life becomes absorbed with getting this thing. Coveting is not simply wanting something, right? We all want things, but very few things we covet. And if I look at your life, I'll know what you covet because I'll watch what you are giving up the relationships around you for. 
that's something that you covet. When you sacrifice the people around you for that thing, you're coveting it. You're arranging your whole life to get it. You're dumping everything else to get that one thing. So covet, let's make sure we're really, really careful with this word. This is, this is that word that means you're just not going to stop. You are, you are going to have what you want no matter who has to die. You're going to get what you want. Lo and behold, you get what you want, but then you get your way and no longer want what you wanted. And then the blame game starts, right? Somebody else's wants are stopping you from getting your wants. Have you complained about the government lately? <laughs> what they want isn't what you want, or your neighbors, or your boss, or your kids. City council, teacher, student, I mean, it's society. We got this, like, this victimhood. I'm not getting what I want because too much is going to them. And it's this faceless entity. Because if you put a face on it, then it becomes human and you back off. But if I can take the face off of something, I can hate it. And I can do anything I want with it because it's, it's not a person. It's just it's, it's faceless. faceless. You covet because you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. So here's where we find ourselves. Right? Experience tells us that getting what we want can be a problem. We kind of walked through that in my introduction. And then James is now telling us not getting what we want can be a problem. We're kind of in a pickle here, right? Getting what we want can be a problem. Not getting what we want can be a problem. Again, this is why we didn't call the series How to Get What You Want. Most of us should not get what we want. Right? When I, when I think about some of the things I want, I, again, thank God for unanswered prayers. Right? I, I thank God that I've never won the lottery. I know me. It will wreck me, as will a Porsche or a motorcycle or all the other things that I used to ask for that I no longer ask for because I know. It's not what I really, really want. It's like this temporary thing that will end in a really long time being dead for me. So, anyway, um, here's where we all arrive. Followers of Jesus, religious or not, not followers of Jesus. We all arrive at this place right here. Most of us don't really know what we want because we're so distracted by what we want. I know you're thinking, Jerry, your grammar is absolutely horrible. You're as bad as Paul. No, read it carefully. Most of us don't want know what we really want because we're so distracted by what we want. We're so consumed with our own immediate, immediate desires and appetites at things and the things that are, that the media tells us that we need. And we buy into that hook, line, and sinker, right? And the media tells us that if we get these things, our thirst, our desires, our wants will be satisfied finally. And, and, and they convince us. Right? Because that commercial comes on 37 times, and you finally, at the 37th time, you go, oh, well, you know, and you make the phone call. Ronco, I want that cutter, right? Any light, late night television? No. All right. So consumed by these desires um, and our appetites. Now, here's the problem. Here's our, here's our issue. Um, there is no place in society that is going to help you figure out what you really, really want. There is nothing in our society... Except, well, we're sitting here right here. Nothing else, I'll say it that way, nothing else in our culture and our society is going to help you figure out what you really, really want. Why? Why won't our culture help you? Because delayed gratification isn't marketable. You can only market immediate needs, things that you can put your hands on. Things that I can convince you that you need to be happy. 
long distance things, you don't see a whole lot of commercials about something that you gotta wait 30 or 40 years for. There's a few investment things, but if you look at them, they're already enjoying their investments, like they walked into the bank with a half a million dollars in their pocket. Like how many do people do that? To find out what we really want means that we're gonna have to dig into some places in our souls, you know, as we sing that song, all is well with my soul. For a lot of us, our souls are sick, right? We haven't been feeding them what they desire. We've been feeding them what the world told us to feed our souls and our souls are, are sick. Sometimes our souls don't even recognize. They just, they're, just, they're just hungry, give me more, give me more, give me more, give me more. And we feed our souls with the things of this world and we're never satisfied. We're just not satisfied. This is what Jesus was constantly asking us to think about. This, everything that he wrote, everything that he said, every parable that he told, he said, look, don't focus on your immediate desires and needs. Focus on down the road. Focus on the long-term things. Everything he wrote, this is where his focus was. This is what he was always pointing us towards. This says this in James chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. It says, you do not have, and I just threw in some parentheses. That's not in the Bible. I just kind of wanted to clarify. You do not have what you want because you do not ask God. When you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. Now here, most of us kind of arrive at two camps. First camp is, no, I, you know, I, I've asked God, um, but he said, no. Or I'm not going to ask God because I know he's going to say no, right? You all played this game with your parents, right? Don't go to dad, right? Dad will say no. Mom will go. She'll think it through and she'll give it some real thought. Dad will be reading the paper. No. <laughs> Later on, what'd you ask? Don't care. No. And we do that with God. We just think, well, I'm not going to ask God for that because I know he's going to say no. Or I've been asking for that. And he has been telling me no for years now, years and years. So why we arrive at a why bother in our prayer life. So I want to look at this wrong motives. A, a, a good way to explain this word is literally what Paul's saying is you ask, you ask badly, right? It's not so much that you're asking for the wrong things, is that you're asking, you're asking like a small child. Now, small children ask for things that are good for them. Hey, I want dinner, mom. That, that's good for them, right? It's not so much what they're asking for, it's how they're asking. Children tend to ask for stuff, immediate gratification, right? Is that pretty much what your children ask for? They don't think a week down the road. They don't even know what a week down the road is. That's like an hour from now. You tell them, I'll be back in a week. They're like, oh, come, you're not back yet. Well, it hasn't been a week yet, right? They, they had no idea. Again, it's not what, this passage motives kind of is a little bit confusing. What Paul is really saying is not that you're asking for the wrong things, that you're asking like little children. You're asking things that little children ask for. You're asking in the manner of little children. It's all about me, all about me, like a spoiled child. Things that we have no right to, we ask for God in prayer. Give me that corner office. I know I haven't earned it, but I want to be the manager now. And you start praying, hey, make me a manager. You have no right to that. You need, you need to earn your way into that, but you're like, hey, this is on God. And if he didn't answer it, well, this is, on, this is on God. The definition of asking badly like a child, listen to this. He adds, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Right? We don't get yeses to our prayers because we still ask for things that give temporary satisfaction. 
Have you examined your prayer life recently? Just what are the things that you're, is this something that you want right now, right now, or is it something that we know this in our lives, the things that are really, really, really worth it are things that we're going to have to work towards. We're going to have to, it's going to have to put time and energy into it. And it's going to be a little while before we get it. But when we finally get it, because of all the sacrifice and all the hard work we put into it, it is worth it. And Christ is saying a lot of your prayers, James is saying a lot of your prayers are focused on your immediate desires. Find me a parking spot. Why is it so cold outside? (laughs) Sorry, that's my prayer. We tend to pray for more nows rather than laters. And again, I want to challenge you kind of run through the things that you're praying for. Are they a whole lot of nows or are you praying for some valuable laters? Or is it just items to make me happy right now to take away my pain right now? I'm not saying that God isn't caring about your immediate situation. All I'm saying is James is saying, be careful. Always asking for the immediate. It's going to be immediately over. <laughs> it's, Nows don't last very long. The laters last for rather long. God wants more. And here's, here's what everybody gets confused about. He doesn't want more from you. He wants more for you. He probably wants more for you than you want yourself. But you're, again, you're just a little bit confused, right? <laughs> more than what we want is what we value and what is important. And so for the next several weeks, we're going to explore the things that we really, really value, the things that are really, truly important to us. And here's why, right? Here's here's what we know. You'll never get what you really want until you discover what you really value. Wants, they're fairly easy to identify. Chemicals in our brain, they let us know immediately, I want that. That ding-dong, yep, want it now, and I want four of them. Right? You, you just figure that out immediately. No, no thought involved. But, but is that really what you value? Is that ding-dong what you value in your life? Unless you dig deep to discover what you truly value, you'll search and you'll search and you'll search, but you will never find the joy that God wants to give you. And he wants to give you a lot of it. And he wants to give it to you for a really long time. He doesn't want to just give you a fleeting, ha-ha. Right? He wants to give you that deep, deep, deep sigh of, Life doesn't get any better than this. Wow. Thank you, God. You're just amazing. My wife and I are at that point right now. I'll just be honest with you guys. We, not a day goes by where we're now looking at each other going, what did we do right? (laughs) We must have done something really, 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 really good because he's like, he must be really, really, really happy with us as if that's the way God operates, right? Blesses us only when we do good stuff. No, that's not bad theology. Don't go there. But we're looking at ourselves going, man, God, you have just blessed us. Everything that we could have asked for, we, and I feel horrible if you're not getting what you're wanting, my wife and I, 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 I feel horrible saying it, but we, we got what we really, really wanted at this point in our lives. It's kind of blowing us away. Um, again, if you're struggling right now, I did not mean to make you feel bad. Um, But God wants good things for you. This world wants to break you, but God wants to fix you and heal you and begin to give you more than you could ever ask for. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we have the privilege of taking this a step further. Um, There are certain things that we, you, I, 
will value, but as a follower of Jesus Christ, we're not just focused on what we value most. God's going to tell us on about what is of most value. And right now, that might not be on your most valuable list. What he values most. So you, you and God are going to have to come to terms with that. You've been asking and you've been asking and you've been asking and, and maybe he's saying what you want isn't very valuable. And I want so much more from you. So if it's all right, I'm going to keep telling you no until you get it. Not get that you get it. And that's our prayer for you this morning. Whatever you're searching for, whatever you're asking for, is it something that you really, really long-term for a really long time really want? Which means it's not going to come easy, more than likely. You're going to have to work toward it. But bottom line, bottom line this morning, God wants for you more than you want. He doesn't want from you. He wants for you. And if you can get on the same page as God and get on the same page with what he desires and what he wants and you match that up in your life, you're going to be singing praises like nobody's business. People are going to look at you and go, I want what they have. But you got to tell them about it. you got to tell them, hey, God's been blessing me. God's been blessing me. Let people know. So I'll bow your heads. Father God, thank you so much for, for James, your brother, that he grew up and he wrote a book about you, Jesus. Um, and in it, he shared some of your thoughts and the things that were important and valuable to you. And he took it to heart. So, Father, this morning, as your adopted children, that we would not only listen, but we would hear what you said this morning, that we would go out um, and maybe what we're looking for and what we're wanting in life, um, maybe make a shift today. Maybe a shift in the things that we're seeking after and we're losing a whole lot of friends along the way. Um, Father, help us sharpen what is of most value to you. And then, Father, give us the courage to seek after that. Faith and trust in you that that's what we need. Maybe we don't recognize it, and it's maybe just a want, but you recognize it as a need. So, Lord, help us to drive for that. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, Father. Thank you for your son who, who died for us and made all of this possible. And thank you for your Holy Spirit who continues to guide us and remind us of everything that Jesus said. And remind us and convict us of everything that you want to see happen in our lives and not want to see happen in our lives. And Lord, above all, shape our wants. Shape our desires so that they line up with your wants and desires so that prayer becomes an adventure in answers. What a place to be. Father, thank you for blessing Richland Church of the Nazarene. Thank you for being a blessing in our lives. Um, prayer this morning is that we would be able to go out and be a blessing to the folks that desperately need to be blessed. Thank you, Father, in your son's name I pray. Amen. Folks, have a wonderful week. Be wise with your New Year's resolutions. Think long term. Have a blessed day.